you know, you could look at something and say, oh, I don't see my type on that kind of show. But maybe, maybe you get to be the first. Maybe you get to be the one then that when someone's younger watching TV, they're watching you. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And coming up in episode 271, we have the second and final part of AJ's chat with actor Chelsea Crisp, best known for her role on ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. In part two, Chelsea shares a bit more about her leveling up in television contracts and the interesting decisions that go along with that what she believes and doesn't believe about the idea of type and branding, the practical lessons of being a professional auditioner, some really supportive things that you uh, can put into action on your next audition, and her inspirational answers to our final two questions, that and more, coming up in episode 271. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And it's now available in the iTunes App Store. So if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character and make stronger choices and do a whole lot more. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn about all the great new features in the new version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. And by printheadshots.com, superior headshot printing. At printheadshots.com, all orders include free shipping, free retouching, free layouts, free proofs, and no hidden fees. You don't pay a dime until you approve your proofs. And you can use promo code IA, that's IA as in inside acting, to get $5 off your order. Most orders arrive within just a day or two. So for superior printed headshots, visit printheadshots.com and use promo code IA for $5 off. Printheadshots.com, superior headshots at the lowest prices guaranteed. Good morning, AJ. Good morning. <laughs> Is that a comment on my voice? <laughs> hey, well, I, you know, we were talking before we started recording and, and I might um, steal your pick of the week because you were talking about how it's been a tough past few weeks between the show and your thrival job and that the thing that's been getting you through or one of the things that's been getting you through is simple it's a home remedy it's fresh squeezed lemon juice yeah or you can get the uh those bottles at uh, whole foods and other places like that but i just find you know there's this whole um school of Thought, school of science, school of health uh, around uh, our bodies and and their pH balance, and a lot of what we eat, um, things like sugar, alcohol. Not that everybody's out there, you know, drinking. I'm just listing off things that are acidic. These things make our body acidic, and there are certain things we can do. Uh, there's even supplements like alkaline water and alkaline drops that you can take to make your body more alkaline. And lemon juice, uh, even though it seems counterintuitive because um, lemon or citrus is kind of acidic, lemon juice uh, is actually helps your body become more alkaline. And so 
I have done nothing but go from work to the show every day for about the past uh, 10 or 11 days. Yeah, it's like 11 days or something like that. I was like, I haven't done anything. I haven't been able to read a book or watch a show or listen to a podcast or anything. So, uh, you know, what is my pick of the week going to be? I was like, well, you know what I have been doing to keep myself alive and functioning? A functioning human being is, uh, you know, drinking uh, lemon juice. Yeah, lemon juice is great. And I've been a big fan of uh, apple cider vinegar as well. Just a, a couple teaspoons or tablespoons of that mixed it with some water and lemon juice is a great sort of energizing tonic, I guess, that, yeah. that can really uh, not only make you feel sort of great, but also suppress hunger pangs if you're fasting. So something to keep in mind. You know, it's, it's interesting, the whole um, acidic alkaline thing in our bloodstreams, the pH balance, I had a, a sort of heated debate with my friend who is a chemist, a trained chemist with a PhD in chemistry. And he is, he vehemently uh, <laughs> disputes the the sort of, you know, um, holistic health claim that what we eat, especially things like lemon juice and apple cider vinegar, has a significant effect on our body's pH balance. And his whole sort of experience around formulating drugs for pharmaceutical companies. That's what he does. He says it's one of their greatest challenges is to get the body to to uh, basically stop uh, metabolizing things so quickly. And one of the biggest uh, issues they have um, is around, and I'm, I'm butchering this because he knows a lot more about this than I do. But <laughs> Because basically, you're not a chemist. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're okay, Trev. <laughs> he said that, um, that basically like it's it's virtually impossible to get the body's pH balance to get that thrown out of whack by a simple like dietary shift. And we had, you know, many emails exchanged about this and I was sending him YouTube videos and he was like, dude, look, I do this every single day. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't like, there might be some truth to this, but like the whole like health claim that like you can basically create a hospitable or inhospitable environment in your body for um, disease and things like that based on simple things like lemon juice and apple cider vinegar. He's like, it's way, uh, it's way over exaggerated. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's, he, he, he might have a lot of anecdotal sort of laboratory evidence for that. But I know that when I drink lemon juice and apple cider vinegar and things like that, I, I feel pretty good. And uh, I haven't, um, gotten sick in a long time since I've gone vegan and, and really made apple cider vinegar and lemon juice a main part of my diet um, because meat and dairy is a big uh, big contributor to the acidosis of your bloodstream, as it were, if uh, you subscribe to this health <laughs> health uh, yeah. theory. So um, so there's another way to, to uh, help you get through if you are so inclined. Maybe reduce, take a look at reducing your meat and dairy intake said the animal activist. Yeah, I definitely, I, I mean, I'm thinking of like what dairy I consume anymore. The occasional slice of cheese, maybe, you know, um, mm. because I mean, that that's also a practical thing when it comes to singing as well. Yeah. You know, and I do, I do sing in this show and I don't, I don't want my, the mucus that's caused by ingesting, you know, dairy, but I don't, I don't, I don't consume it anyway. <clears throat> it's just not a big part of my diet anymore. But it's funny, you know, you said, uh, laboratory evidence. I guess all we have to go on if that's the case is anecdotal, you know, experiences that we're having. Like, you know, you're saying you haven't been sick every time I feel myself sort of feeling that way. If I 
consume uh, alkaline drops or drink this lemon juice or whatever, I, it helps every single time. I cannot, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I can't remember a time uh, since I discovered this whole, like, and I don't think it's a placebo. I was, a, well, first of all, I was a skeptic in the beginning because I was like, what? Like, PA, like that doesn't make any sense. It sounds kind of silly. Um, but I, I also just feel like human beings, like we just respond to different things differently. Like, you know, there are people out there who are, you know, completely gluten intolerant. And I marvel, for instance, the people who can drink like a handle of alcohol and not only not really be drunk or buzzed, but not have a hangover the next day. Like the, these people exist. They're they're out there. It's just, a, it, you know, it's it's you know, your friend is right about one major thing, which is our metabol. You know, we metabolize things so differently from human to human. So I don't know. I feel better when I do it. So I'm sharing it with our listeners. Hopefully they will and, and you feel better by doing it. And hopefully our listeners will get some kind of benefit out of it. Yeah. Unless one of them is a chemist and then we're going to have a email exchange with one of them instead yeah. of your friend. Well, it, you know, it's it's interesting because there are really two ways to kind of look at life. And that's through like the scientific studies uh, that prove a thing or your just own personal experiential, you know, results. Like it's like one, one trumps the other most of the time. And it just kind of depends on what your philosophy is. You know, it's funny that you said trumps because I was just about to say the third option is alternate facts, alternative facts. (laughs) (laughs) You can believe in science, you can believe in experience, or you can believe in alternative facts, alternative facts that that will go down in history as Oh my God. Anyway, uh, before we go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. So is that, is that basically your week? It's just been the, your thrival job and the show. Yeah. And how's yeah. the, how's the show going? It's going great. Honestly, it's, it's, um, I'm having such a wonderful time with it. I love working with this company. I love the stories we're getting a chance to tell. And just to refresh our listeners memories, this is the show with the Jewish women's theater. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing guitar and you're singing and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And the audiences have been amazing, you know, so responsive and interested and asking questions and talking to us afterwards and stuff. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to taking the show to, to, to the Bay area. You know, we're doing cool. And and when is that? When is that happening? Uh, this weekend, uh, April 2nd and 3rd. Awesome. That's right. Yeah. Hey, if you're in the Bay (laughs) listeners, uh, hit me up on social media, I guess, and and uh, you know I'll, I'll send you the information. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com slash start. And we have a uh, listener question from Susan Forsyth. I have not seen this yet. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty straightforward. Uh, basically, she is non-union and uh, was wondering about industry events that happen. Specifically, she's talking about Los Angeles, but I guess it could apply to to you know any market. 
but industry events for non-union actors uh, that are outside of the ones that she used the example of LA, LA casting. So she's wondering basically if we knew of any good industry events to check out that were outside of LA casting for non specifically non-union mm. actors. Industry events meaning um, relationship building events or casting <laughs> workshop things or or just meetups or, or what kind of events was she? Yeah, I think I think she meant mixers, mixers and stuff, uh, okay. and that kind of thing. Well, the tweet up's a great place to start. Yeah, it was that was going to be my first answer. Yeah, the LA actors tweet up, which I think is just laactorstweetup.com. And then uh, I think Bonnie Gillespie has uh, at least one or two events every so often. Um, and by that, I mean like once a month or so. Uh, Hollywood Happy Hour, I think that's what that's what they're called. I don't know if they still happen, but um, it might be a good resource to check out. Yeah, I don't think – I don't know that she does those anymore. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, meetup.com. Um, there, I mean, there's there's always stuff happening. I think it's just a matter of where to look. My my experience has always been that a great place to meet people and rub elbows with working actors is going to see live theater. Just go to see 99-seat shows and and things like that and um, participate in the stage talks. They usually – not usually, but they often have talkbacks and things with the actors and the creative teams. And um, you'll meet a lot of actors there who have friends in the show and just strike up a conversation. It's people – people are generally pretty friendly. I know I've met a ton of great people just by – going to see live theater and being part of that community. I, I was going to say too, uh, I, I know this is kind of a loophole and not really your question, Susan, but you know, if you have a friend who is in the union, uh, they, they can typically get you into events, um, by sort of registering a, a plus one on the guest list. It depends on the event. It, it varies by event. And sometimes they will prioritize <clears throat> union actors in, in, in a way like, if it's if the room is full, basically, and you're non-union, you're going to be sort of passed over for someone who is. But, yeah, a lot of I've seen so many events. For instance, before I uh, joined the union, Jen Levin, our production coordinator, would very often be like, hey, do you want to be uh, my plus one to this industry industry event that the union is actually putting on? So I, I, I know, like I said, I know that's not really your question, but it is a, a, a nice loophole that's maybe some of our other non-union listeners would want to take advantage of. I would be curious to hear what your goals are, Susan, as far as what events you're looking for. I mean, are you looking to just build relationships and get to know people for like from a social perspective? Or are you looking for potential collaborators? Or are you looking to um, connect with some better training, uh, or all of the above. I, I think that will help inform kind of where you begin your search for this kind of thing. And then specifically what you get out of it as you attend these events and, and, and interact with people there. Oh, uh, she does say resources too, in addition to events. So what are some other, what are some other resources you remember using from when you were not union, Trevor? Uh, resources in, in what context? <laughs> Once again, not uh, spe- not specific. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that could be a number of different. That could be anything, you know. Um, I, well I guess, known site. Not sure if there's any well known sites to get information from besides LA casting. I, I, I mean, yeah, it depends on like what kind of information you're after. I, that's part, half the reason we started the podcast, right? Is just to get a sort of varied sources of input on how this industry works and what it takes as a human being to sort of have a rewarding journey in this industry. I, I, I have a hard, I'm having a hard time responding to this because I don't, it's such a general sort of wash of, of a request. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I would start by maybe looking into meetup.com and, and the tweet up and then, and then getting specific on what exactly you're looking for. And I would point out as well that when you're at these events and you're talking to people, go back and give a listen to maybe the Steve Rohr and Dr. Shirley interview. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in there about how to break the ice and show up in such a way that people are really, really happy to be talking to you and really glad to have met you and feel like it could be a really rewarding relationship uh, for both parties rather than just uh hi what can i get from you yeah <laughs> kind of which is That's so great tra- it's so tragically common in this industry yeah i was gonna just toss in there the la stage alliance uh website which i've mentioned many many times before give you a great sort of primer on the uh the la theater community <laughs> i love you said primer uh, uh, yeah, that's my favorite way to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Susan, hope this helps. We'd love to hear what you find valuable and what resources you actually do come up with. And if you have uh, follow-ups as far as you know specific um, kind of things that you're after, uh, we'd be happy to speak more into that in a future episode. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else to add before we jump into part two with Chelsea? Uh, no, sir. We just pick up right from where we left off uh, last week, and the the inspiration in this one it, it just goes to the next level. I, I have a couple of Noodle Lake moments, and um, <clears throat> and even you know this is what began the wow. I really get to you know take a look at kind of what I'm doing with my own career, and and not necessarily step it up, but maybe um, change directions a little bit. All right. Well, enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. take a moment to, to, to acknowledge the fact that you are the now third that I can think of. There might be somebody else who have, who has said this. The third person, you've all been uh, uh, female, you've all been a, uh, uh, actors, and you've all been um, roughly the same age when it happened, oh, who, have, who have come on the show and said, I wanted to be really specific I was really specific, and then it happened. Hmm. The first person was Alexis Cara, who uh, basically said, "I want an ensemble, um, an ensemble drama," and it happened. Mm-hmm. She was, um, she was on uh, that show. I think it was an ABC show, actually, Mixology, before it got canceled. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and has continued to work. Uh, the other person, and you have a connection here because you were on The Office, was Jenna Fisher. Oh, Jenna, yeah. Who yeah. said, you know, who said basically, like, I want an ensemble comedy and, mm-hmm. like, just did whatever it took to to focus in on that. And I, I it's so, I, I, it seems like magic, you know, when, when you say that to a person who hasn't had that happen to them. Yeah. You're talking to me about it, I'm like, uh-huh, that's amazing. It sounds like some kind of crazy voodoo. But I, I get that it's mm-hmm. not because it's just like... Any other business and anything else that we do really in our lives, which is just we set a goal for ourselves and we just do whatever it takes to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I just 
I don't really have a question. This isn't a question. It's more of just an acknowledgement of how amazing it is that you are now the third person to come on and say, like, this actually works or worked for yeah, me. Yeah, or worked know? for me. Yeah. I'm very cautious to, I don't want to lead everybody to believe that, you know, hey, look, this this is the thing. This is the magic pill that changes everything. Because um, I know, I know very it's... very against magic pills and formulas. Very yes. against them. <laughs> very against them. Um, because I know just how heartbreaking this industry can be. You can be doing everything right. You can be, you can be so talented and so driven and it just may take longer for something to break your way. So, uh, but I do think one, I try to break it down into really tangible things because, because it did work for me. Um, one of the things that cannot be underestimated is how easy it was for other people to communicate where you were going. Like that, just the fact that an agent could say like to their casting director friend, Oh yeah, she'll be on a sitcom by the end of this year or something like just that specific. It just, it actually got to this point where when they offered me the contract on fresh off the boat, there was like a serious discussion about whether that was the right decision or not, or if I should, you know, other networks were like, well, what if, what if we did this or that or what it like it, it went to a crazy place and I've, I've never experienced anything like that because suddenly I was this, you know, a more specific commodity, I suppose. Hmm. So, um, so there was actually a, a moment where you, you and your team were considering uh, turning it down so that you could continue to focus on other things. Well, when the show started, I was recurring, which is why it was so easy for them to just pick up the phone and make the call. Um, I had gotten quite been auditioning for pilots. I only really had two real pilot seasons and this was the second one. And I'd gotten close to some things at ABC, but at my age and in my bracket, I was pretty much always up against names. And, um, so I hadn't booked a pilot and then this one, they called offering a recurring, which was, that was a no brainer. That was an easy yes. Um, and then we were a mid season show. So we, we shot, only 13 the first year and partway through those first 13 was when they called and said, Hey, we'd like to make you a regular. Do you want to stay with the show? And, Oh, so and that so, decision was the one that was like, Ooh, was should decision, we, yeah. okay. Do you gotcha. want to stay as a regular or should I stay as a recurring and then see, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a supporting character on fresh off the boat. So the decision was, do we want to take this or do we want to hold out, stay on the show and keep working on the show, but maybe hold out for a lead because it, it was kind of right there at that time. Got it. Um, it was, I think a hundred percent the right decision. I mean, that's arguable certainly, but I love the show and I love the people that I work with and being the lead of the show has never been something that was a high priority for me, though. I will say now being in season three, um, <laughs> now that I really see the hours and the effort and the work that it takes, I am pretty happy that I'm a supporting character. <laughs> oh, Wow. Lifestyle-wise, um, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful deal for me. It's great. I love it. It enables me to keep working with my comedy troupe. It enables me to shoot other things even during the season. And yet, I have a full-time job and a great home. So it's pretty awesome for Living me. Living the dream. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out. Living the dream. That might not be someone else's dream because because also being the lead of the show is is an incredible incredible life-changing experience. So that, that is a completely different thing, you know, to really be like what Constance Wu and Randall Park are on the show that I work on. That's, that's a, that's a different ball game. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned, you sort of just briefly touched on it, uh, momentarily, a, a, a 
I don't know, a few minutes ago, you were talking about, you mentioned branding just briefly. And I wanted to ask about how that sort of played into your decision about your specificness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you created this goal of the ensemble comedy. Did your, I mean, I know I get that your, the kind of lifestyle you wanted played into that uh, decision to make that your goal, but did your sort of knowledge, self-knowledge of of what your branding was also play into it? It didn't. This will be, I mean, look, there are so many different ways to look at branding, but I think my overall opinion when it comes to branding is that we, we kind of are who we are and, you know, we look the way we look and, and I mean, there are certainly some things you can do about it, but for the most part, you are what you are. And and my personal philosophy is that you should own what you want and then you, you go for it as hard as you can and with as open of a heart as you can, and then you let it make room for you. So maybe, you know, you could look at something and say, oh, I don't see my type on that kind of show. But maybe maybe you get to be the first. Maybe you get to be the one then that when someone's younger watching TV, they're watching you. Um, that's exactly what Fresh Off the Boat is. Um, and that's why I'm so proud to be on it. Mm. There, there didn't used to be a family that was Asian American on TV. And now we're going in, we're finishing our third season and Dr. Ken's finishing their second. And that's pretty cool. (laughs) So I think you should go for what you want. Um, and, and be, you know, as good at it as you can possibly be and be as good to the people you meet along the way as you can possibly be and, and let it make room for you. That's beautiful. I, I really, really love that. Um, (laughs) I'm actually like my, I'm having a bit of a noodle bake moment, so I'm just like, <laughs> processing everything. Um, I know that you know. I know that there are a lot of opinions on branding, and look, I think it's great to know yourself. Uh, I think it's huge to know yourself, so that you you know what you bring into the room, and you know what's special about you. But that doesn't mean you know when you pick up a piece of material and you go, oh, I don't think I'm right for this. So what? That's not on you to decide. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you just you just do the, you just go in there and you play a real person and you do the best job you can do and you let the chips fall where they fall. And sometimes you're shocked at the things you get and, and more shocked at the things you don't get. But that's such a huge casting process is such a massive process involving so many people, so many opinions and, uh, so many politics <laughs> that it's kind of none of our business, whether something is right or wrong for us, because you can go in there and change their minds anyway. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I think part of the reason I'm having such a, uh, a time sort of processing this is because I, I'm, I think I've been sort of, my thinking cap has been on a little, uh, askew, um, mm. and needs a little adjusting because I've thought about the idea of, um, you know, like gen, I mean, I think it's really important to generate those target lists and, you know, really think about like the kind of, you know, projects you want to work on, directors you want to work with, et cetera. But the specificity I've always grappled with is in branding and mm-hmm. sort of like who I am because I'm I'm very like multi. We talk about this on the show a lot too. I'm very like sort of multi-ethnic and sometimes I feel like 
no one in the industry really knows what to do, what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I think I had less of an issue in New York, actually. And visiting New York recently, going back there, I was kind of like, oh, crap, maybe I actually need to go back to New York because it felt I, I did remember that the industry sort of got me a little mm. bit better there. But, oh, that's interesting. but I'm now I'm realizing like what I what I need to do is really start to say out loud and and work toward what I actually want, which is um, a I don't know how, how I would say it, basically off network uh, uh, like sort of epic drama. So I you really, want a prestige project? Uh, yes, yeah. there it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really want the like the Game of Thrones, the yeah. like uh, House of Cards, the you know the stuff that you see on the HBO, Amazon, Netflix, etc. Um, I think is the best storytelling out there. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing time for that kind of television. It, it really is, and um, so so now. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think you're just inspiring me to like really be, you know, specific about where I want to work and what I want to work on as mm-hmm. opposed to like how to make myself more specific so that I can yeah. get cast. Well, so can I, I'll tell just a little story then and in, in, quickly in that vein. A couple years ago, I did a romantic comedy, uh, an independent romantic comedy and an actor, the actor who was cast as my love interest uh, is an actor named Joe Williamson, who I did not know before this project. And I, we shot this thing in Virginia and he was so great. He was just such a great actor and such a good guy. And I, I, towards the end of shooting, we sat down one day for lunch. No, it was after work. I said, we, we got to have dinner tonight. We sat down and had dinner. And I was like, what are you doing? Like you're doing something cause you should be famous. <laughs> like you shouldn't, he, he, he had like a, an okay resume of like co-stars and guest stars, but kind of the same place where I was a few years ago, like just not breaking through. And mm-hmm. we had this exact conversation about, you know, all of these things. And I was like, so what do you want? What do you want? And by the end of dinner, we had narrowed down that he really wants exactly what you just said, basically. Though he was not, it didn't need to be cable. Um, but he really wanted kind of a, a Kyle Chandler type role on a family drama type of show. Okay. Uh, it didn't have to be family drama. It could be a cop drama, but like he wanted kind of a prestige project, uh, network or cable. This was two years ago. Um, in that time, he has changed his management, uh, stayed with the same agency. He just two weeks ago signed a series regular contract for Alan Ball's new show on HBO. Oh my God. Uh, two years, two years. And Alan Ball too, like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, it is, it is, it is like the exact kind of, you know, specific goal that you were just saying. Like, it's an incredible show. It has a series order. It's not just a pilot. Oh my God. (laughs) So he's, he's skipping. I don't even know if he's recurred. Oh, I think maybe he's recurred, like, like done two episodes of a couple of shows or, or maybe, maybe two or three. Uh, sorry, Joe, if that's not accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's definitely but, listening right now. <laughs> but he, he's definitely listening. But he, when I tell him I talked about him, he's going to listen. He's going to listen. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this is a huge jump. Like, it's a massive um, jump that he absolutely deserves. He is so he is absolutely talented enough for it. And, and now he's going to get it. And, like, it's, you know, it's such an exciting moment for him and his wife and his kids. Like, it's, it's going to change his life and his family's lives. And it's because he... he got really specific and he worked so hard for it. And like, I am getting goosebumps even talking about it. I'm just so proud of him. Um, he's just worked so hard. So I look, I think it can work in whatever 
whatever your thing is, maybe it's independent film, maybe it's studio film, maybe you want to be in big budget studio, you know, franchise features. Um, I really think whatever the, and maybe it's not just one thing, maybe you want to focus on different categories, but again, the specificity of it being one thing kind of gets you to the point where then you get that deal and you get to do that job and then you can figure out what you want next. Yeah. Well, I am inspired like nobody's business right now. I'm like <laughs> the gears are definitely turning. I'm like, okay, I gotta go, Chessie Crisp. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta go change my life right now. Thanks. I, have- I, I just think it's a slightly better um, for me. It was a better use of time and a, a little more fulfilling way to focus my energy than to to try to put down on paper who I am as a person because what I play on Fresh Off the Boat is certainly not who I am. Right, right, yeah. There there are shades of me in the role now because the writers start to write to you and like there, there actually is a lot of the character now that does feel a little bit like me, but like <laughs> if... If they went and had a session, if they held a casting session for that role, I wouldn't have even been seen. Mm. Um, that's yeah. how different I am aesthetically from that part. Yeah. So if I if they if they'd been going if I'd done some focused marketing campaign on my temperament, my personality, my ideals, my goals, like I would not have gotten this part probably. I wouldn't wow. have lined up with who this character is. Wow. Yeah, and we've oh man, and we've talked about those those uh those classes those workshops those like branding workshops where you can sort of like figure out how you're perceived how people perceive Mm -hmm. you and and start to you know um dress according to that and 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 gear your marketing material you know according to that and all that stuff and like you're just blowing all that stuff out of the water right now it's fantastic i took sam christensen's workshop and i loved it um i I thought it was so cool and really interesting. This um, is one of the ones we've talked about. What What do you feel like you took away from that, and and how did it uh, how did it inform your decision making? Um, it was a while ago. It was probably mm, six or seven years ago. Um, I think any time you get to know how people perceive you is a win as an actor. But I think it has more to do with who you are in the room. I think. Um, you can go, this is kind of technical, but hopefully this helps and tell me if it doesn't. Um, when I get a piece of material and I go and audition for something and I'm figuring out how that character is going to look and feel on me, who is that character going to become because I'm the one playing it? Um, I'll, there might be parts of me that are very different from that character. So I might just brush those, those parts of me out a little bit when I walk into the room and I'm greeting the casting directors. Even if I know them, even if I know them pretty well, I'm not going to be the character when I walk in the room. That's, that's not my personal choice. But I will be the parts of me that align with the character. And then we get into the scene. And then after the scene's over, I think all bets are off. You can be yourself unless maybe you are in a situation where this is like a pilot. This is a very long term job and everybody is so scared during pilot season that they they kind of do want you to be as close to that character as you can possibly be. Yeah. Um, But I think so. I think knowing yourself is hugely important, knowing how you come across, knowing how people perceive you Um, and then really going like, oh, I pick up this this piece of material and this character, um, 
whatever, this, this character's cold or this character's icy. Okay, I know which part of me to access to make that read. I'm going to brush out the part of me that's bubbly. I'm going to sort of just shut down the part of me that's quick to make a joke. Um, I'm going to be more still because I know when I'm still, people think I'm mad. And if I make someone mad, or, or if I look mad, then that's going to make someone feel uncomfortable. They're probably going to think I'm a little bitchy. There you go. That's how I get to that. Wow. That's huge. That's, I mean, that's huge. That's like, that is, that, that's, um, that is practical, pragmatic, like advice that you, I or any of our listeners could put into practice tomorrow. Like if they got an audition tomorrow. So yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I know you said it was technical, but it's, um, it's, it may be technical, but it's super accessible. So don't worry about that. I Um, do. I think, um, to, to just piggyback on that really quick. I think that's the whole point of auditioning. It has nothing to do with booking jobs. Um, I think it has everything to do with booking rooms and getting to know yourself as an auditioner. Mm. I think keeping a journal and going, oh, here's here's what I learned in that room. Uh, or I was really able to apply this lesson from before. Oh, man, I over-talked like crazy in there. Next time I need to listen a little more. Mm. Or, oh, I lost, you know, I'm just trying to think of the, all the crazy things that happen in auditions. Um, I had casting directors fight in front of me once in an audition. And and I left that situation like, what did I learn? <laughs> Tried oh to figure out how I responded in the moment and was that the way I wanted to respond? You know, like that's that's sort of what I think we should be taking away from auditions. Like, what, what did I learn? Um, hmm. And that's a great, this is part of that audition game, I think. To, yeah. to try to figure out which parts of you fit that character and did they show up or did you get nervous? Did you take them out on accident? Mm. Did your own nurse take over? Did your character become nervous? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. We, uh, that's, that's, that is new. The other, the, the other thing you were saying about booking the room, we, we, I don't know what guests we got it from, but we say book the office. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, the whole part thing. about what did, what did you learn? I, you know, I may have mentioned it before because I did have, um, I think it was an acting teacher my senior year at UCLA who said, uh, you know, after you leave an audition, write everything down that you learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to keep like an audition log for himself, like a, like a diary or a, a journal or whatever. Uh, write everything down that you learned and then forget about it mm-hmm. you know, so that you can forget about it. So you can sort of write it down, get it out of you and let it go and then maybe go back to it for reference uh, later. But that's, um, that's such a great way to, to, to look at it. Yeah, it's, cause it, and it's also a numbers game, right? You know, you think of a door-to-door salesman, how many houses do they have to go to before they sell something? Auditioning is pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. So, you, you know, you're going to visit a lot of houses. You're going to hear more no's than you hear yes, by far. I think at every level of this industry, you're going to hear more no's than yeses. Um, and, and, you know, you just, you got to take good care of yourself when you're hearing those no's and make sure that you still are holding on to your creativity, still holding on to your confidence, um, because you're just going to get them. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to get them. Oh man. All right. Well, um, I am going to call you later for my therapy session. Um, (laughs) no, this has been, this has been amazing. Uh, I, I honestly think we could have you on again and, and talk for another hour or whatever it's been. Um, we do have two questions that we always end every interview with. Mm -hmm. And, um, the first one is, do you feel like you chose this industry or this industry chose you? 
Oh, yeah, I've heard you guys ask this question before. Um, I think... Doesn't necessarily have to be industry either. Yeah. Be this lifestyle, this life path, do you feel like it chose you or you chose it? I think um, when I was little, some I was just drawn to it somehow. I don't, I didn't, it wasn't modeled anywhere for me. So I guess maybe when I was younger, you know, how we say like you're bitten by the bug. So maybe that was sort of it yeah. choosing me. But, but anytime after that was me choosing it <laughs> because it's, it's, you know, wherever, for everybody listening, like wherever you grew up, whatever you knew about the industry at that time was nothing compared to what you know about it now. Wherever you are now, you know so much more. And we're making these little micro decisions all along the way of, oh, do I still like this? Is this still what I want? Um, and it's really going like, yes, I like this part. No, I don't like this part. I don't want to do that part anymore. This is what I'm responding to. This is what feeds me creatively. Um, so in that respect, I think we're choosing it over and over and over again. Hmm. Uh, and and hopefully not giving up unless you really get to the point where that feels like the right thing to do, which is certainly, you know, comes up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you fall in love with something else that, yeah. that takes your attention and, and affection and, and uh, focus and everything, uh, you know, towards it. Rather than, yeah. rather than going away from, you know, we were talking about people having to move away from major markets before, but rather than moving away from acting, it's like moving towards something else. Yeah. Well, look, I grew up loving theater, loving community theater and high school theater. Um, that's not what my job is like today. My, my job is very, very different from that. What I do now involves studio, a studio, a network, a bunch of writers, a cast, uh, lawyers, managers, agents, publicists, stylists, like it's a very different life. So as that we sounds walk exactly it, like community theater. Yeah, it's basically exactly the same. <laughs> um, as we move through it. Yeah, we're, we're choosing. Do I still like this? Because I didn't know what this looked like when I was 16. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue. This is what it was going to look like. The parts yeah. I thought I would like I think probably I, th I thought I wanted to be famous, I'm sure, to some degree. I no longer want that at all in any way, mm. in the least. That's such an interesting perspective and one that I, I don't know that it comes up enough um, in our conversations and on this podcast specifically. Like just the idea that, you know, once we get to a certain place or once we get to a certain job in this industry, we realize there's all these other things that we were not expecting yeah, and we have to we have to choose again, right? To to mm -hmm. to continue forward. Yeah, that's a that's a really great perspective. Yeah, um, how could you know? Yeah, um, and the second question is: if you could take all of your experience up to this point in uh, you know school and um, in the school of hard knocks, in you know, just being <laughs> out there uh, working and being on set and all of that, if you could take all of your experience and boil it down to one nugget of advice, uh, what would that nugget be? Um, it's that, I don't know if this is advice as much as it's encouragement. Uh, there's room for you. There's a place for you. It's, it feels like there isn't because you get to LA or you get to, I mean, in LA in particular, like there are walls around all of the studios. <laughs> you can drive by the studios and you're like, I just want to be inside. <laughs> I just want to go. I never there. thought of that symbology before. Like that's so yeah. true. There are walls around. That is so true. <laughs> and oh my all God. I can say is and there's a, security a place guard. for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed to go in there. You literally can't unless you pay a couple hundred dollars for a studio tour. Um, but 
there is a place for you in there. Um, soon enough, you will find yourself nervously walking onto that lot, holding onto your sides, uh, getting into audition. And then someday you'll find yourself walking in and getting your first badge that's printed for you because someone's invited you to be there. You're coming in for a meeting. Uh, and then you'll get to go for your first fitting and you'll be there shooting. And then you'll drive off that lot at three o'clock in the morning, just so insanely happy and ecstatic that you waited all those tables <laughs> or dealt with all those jerks returning clothing that they clearly wore already. Um, <laughs> and, and then eventually they're going to hand you a permanent pass and you're going to be a full-time employee of that studio. And you might even have a parking spot with your name on it and a trailer and the whole thing. And that's there for you. There, there is a place for you. I think if you love this enough, um, it'll come, but Oh my God, find a way to balance your checkbook until you get there. <laughs> right. Which is not an easy task to but, bring it full circle. Yeah. Just, yeah. just hang on until you can get there. But I, um, I can, I can say now I've been doing this long enough and have, have been lucky to break through at least for now. Um, cause certainly nothing's permanent and have had a lot of friends break through and, um, it does happen. It really does. I love that. There is a place for you. I love that. That's beautiful. Um, Chelsea, if people want to find out more about you, uh, your website, are you active on social media? Um, uh, you know, if people want to find <laughs> yeah. out more about you. Yeah, I use Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, that's something else. When you're on a show, you have to. Mm, <laughs> you learn that you have to do all those things. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah. And I'm always, you know, if, there, if any specific questions come up, I'm always happy to answer stuff. I uh, have 100% been in the spot where all of the listeners are. And I know how lonely mm. it can be sometimes, how scary and overwhelming the whole thing can be. So, yeah, please reach out if you have any questions. Awesome. Thank you. That's very generous of you. Uh, Chelsea, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure our yeah. listeners are going to love it. Thanks for having me. Good luck, guys. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the two-part interview with uh, Chelsea Crisp that AJ did. I'm, I'm I'm bummed I couldn't make this. This was um, Chelsea was such a rock star about this. We had to reschedule with her like I think three or four times, and then finally AJ, you were able to to make it work. And I'm I'm bummed that it I couldn't be uh, a part of this chat, but um, really really valuable and so happy to have it out into the community into the world. Yeah, I, I was I was. Uh sad that you couldn't be there because especially after we started the conversation and just knowing you know the kinds of um sensibilities that you bring to the world and to these interviews and i would have been really curious to hear the kinds of reactions that you would have had and then the questions you would have asked um you know after you get a chance to listen to the whole thing in its entirety i'd really love to um either on the air or just you know um you and i hanging out i'd love to get your your thoughts around um kind of the big chunks of of uh, information in this one totally man maybe we'll have her back on i told her that i say this and i say that in in this part of um the interview you know i think we're at a point in the podcast's uh journey where we can start having past guests back on to reconnect from a completely different place than we were years ago when we first interviewed them you know tim ferris podcast and the rich roll podcast they do that all the time they have guests come back and do a, a sort of reprise and it's always so cool to see sort of 
hear the same sort of philosophy, but from a completely different vantage point of experience. So um, let's do that. Let's do that going forward, shall we? We shall. <laughs> All right. So picks of the week, man. What's your pick of the week this week? Uh, well, we already talked about it, but it's it's the lemon juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that alkaline <clears throat> crap. Oh, that yeah. anecdotal BS. I know it's silly and people are going to be like, you know, rolling their eyes. But there was nothing. My whole world this week was work and the show. So I, I didn't I didn't really consume anything. Very often my picks of the week are things that supported me getting through uh, a week like that and and this is what it was so yeah well, i'm a big fan of these little home hacks and and it really is the little things right what's that quote that how you spend your days is how you spend your life so just the idea that all these little things are what make up a life and little tweaks and little you know wins like having like lemon juice oh my god that makes my day so much better compound that over the course of a year five years ten years can make a huge difference in your life than if you were to try to muscle through spending, you know, who knows how much money on like a five hour energy or something like that instead. You know, it may be sort of funny on the surface, but in, you know, in the long run, I think it's actually pretty freaking profound and awesome. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be thinking about this when I'm drinking my lemon juice later today and be like, this is one tiny part over the next five years. <laughs> Well, I think I think part of it is I, I just finished reading this book called The Compound Effect by a guy named Darren Hardy. This not this isn't my pick of the week, but uh, the, it was just all about how those little tiny choices that we make every day are what basically create our life, add up to be our destiny. And so the more intentional we can be about the things that we do moment to moment, the choices that we make and make powerful, informed, intentional, aware choices – like it can, you know, it's like a plane flying across the country. You alter the trajectory by like half a degree. It doesn't feel like much in the moment, but by the time you get to the side of the country, it could be the difference between landing in New York and landing in Nashville. That's been in my world lately. So when you bring up things like lemon juice, I'm like, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Well, what what is your pick of the week? So my pick of the week, this is one of those things that, uh, <laughs> is also a compound effect thing that people might laugh at only because, you know, voluntary hardship is sort of my philosophy. It's like, I like to try doing things the hard way just to see sort of what it, what it does for me, the satisfaction of, of trying something the hard way. So I've been reading about cold showers and uh, cold therapy, cold water therapy. There's a guy named Vin, Vim Hoff, I think his name is, and he, he's been called the Iceman. There's a great uh, documentary, a vice documentary online about him. It's like 40 minutes long, and it's about how he's, you know, submerged himself in the Arctic for like hours at a time, and he holds all these world records, and he's like super healthy, and uh, in, in a little way that you could sort of get some of the health benefits that he talks about is by taking cold showers. And so I've been taking cold showers. And uh, it sounds like an awful thing. And it's pretty tough the first few seconds. But after that, there's just, you just feel like a million bucks when you get out of the shower. And there's so many health benefits that I'm, I'm reading about. And if you think about it for, you know, 199,500 years, human beings only ever bathed in cold water. So it makes sense that it would be kind of a good thing for you. And, you know, just again, voluntary hardship, you know, what, 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 what might happen to you physically and psychologically and spiritually if you were to conquer something like a five minutes in cold water every day? And Anthony Robbins does it every, every morning he jumps into a 57 degree pool. 
um, to sort of shock his system. And, and uh, he says it's like one of the, the best things he does, just to sort of lots of health benefits. Check it out. Cold shower therapy. The link on our website is to uh, a great little guide that I found online from a guy who, who runs a website called impossiblehq.com. And uh, it's a cold shower therapy guide. It outlines a lot of the benefits and the how-tos and things like that. And he's even got an app that you can download and for you know a 30-day challenge to take a cold shower and track it. And there's like a leaderboard on the app and all sorts of fun stuff. So check it out. Cold, cold showers. That's my pick of the week. Lemon juice <laughs> and cold showers. This is a Lemon holistic, very holistic uh, episode here. Get after it. I, re- I remember first hearing about this from uh, the four hour body. Yeah, I tried it. I definitely took cold showers for a week and then I've brought it back a couple of times. So I've probably done I've probably done it about three different times uh, since reading that book. And maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to go back for a fourth. Well, what, let me ask you, what did you experience when you did it? I, I definitely I mean, being awake, I know that sounds really silly, but like there's this sense of get at it kind of feeling when you get out of the shower of taking cold shower. I, you you did a much better job of describing it, but it's sort of like, you know, you get out and you're like ready to go. Um, yeah, it's the best non-coffee coffee ever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a great, that's a much better way of saying it than my mumbles. One of the benefits that, they talk, that uh, Tim talks about is the, the sort of micro movement of the muscles that happens from the shivering. <laughs> it sounds so... It sounds so uh, sadomasochistic. Uh, you, you shiver because it's cold, and I guess the micro movements um, do a bunch of. It has a bunch of different benefits. Just getting your blood moving, and um, getting your muscles moving, and um, increasing your metabolism. And so, <clears throat> I did actually notice uh, over those times uh, feeling, for lack of a better word, tighter. Like you know, sometimes. When you like spend, I mean, I don't know, you, Trevor, you're probably, you, you probably do this all the time. So it's probably not going to, you're like, yeah, and that's every day for me. But when you like eat super well, you eat right and you exercise like every day for, you know, a, a extended period of time, you just, be, you can feel the sort of like extra fat kind of falling off of you and you just feel tighter for lack of a better term. I, that's how I f- w- felt. I just felt mm. tighter. Yeah. Like in, uh, more engaged with my muscles. Hmm. Hmm. I'm doing a terrible job of describing this, but I'm sure it will speak to people who, who aren't the Adonis Trevor Albert. <laughs> well, I think I know what you're going for, which is when you, when you subject your body to small stresses like that and you come out the other side with a win, there's a, a life force that is flowing through you that you just can't get any other way. It's, it's a buzz that's unlike anything else. And it's just a buzz that says I'm alive and I did this. And my body triumphed and I'm ready for more. And there's just, there's just nothing like it. And I think that's maybe kind of what you're describing. Yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it. I mean, you do, it seems like such a funny thing to say, but you do feel like you kind of survived your morning shower. Yeah. But then the rest of your day is, is even better. Cause you're like, I, I, I did that. Like what, what could be harder than that? Like bring it. Uh, that's really funny. Uh, I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna check out this link. So uh, that's cold shower therapy and lemon juice. Uh, Boom. Fare thee well, listeners. <laughs> yeah, right. Try both at the same time for bonus points. For a bonus, but drink lemon juice in the cold shower, <laughs> or take oh, a cold shower of lemon juice. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Today's not. episode of Inside Acting was produced and hosted by. 
Yours truly, AJ Meyer and Trevor Alget. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Guberic is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations. And Fern Lim designed our logo. Trevor Alget edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. And you can also find us all over the social medias and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute, a review on iTunes from you would be amazing. Just a nice little four or five or however many stars you'd like to give us. Uh, more is, is better, in case you were wondering. Um, it really helps uh, other people find the show, trust that what we're doing is, is going to be valuable, and um, it also just makes us feel really nice. <laughs> so help us feel really nice. Hey, I mean, if you, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro, VO2GoGo.com, and PrintHeadshots.com. And thanks to you, our listeners. You can visit our website to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, get links to everything we talked about in this episode. And if you'd like, support the continued production of the show with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing contribution as part of our membership. You can learn all about those things at InsideActing.net and show us some love. And that does it for episode 271 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, try it the hard way. Mm-hmm.